Hey gang, Turner here with some off-week content from the Gimme the Loot podcast, a TTRPG podcast that is still battling the creeping crud. Because the universe seems to hate the concept of me having any activities outside of podcasting. Every time I get close to getting caught up or getting ahead on something, I get thrown a curveball like being laid up for seven or eight days with a monstrous flu. So dropping a bonus week this week with a rebroadcast of a lost guest quest interview of Chris, a.k.a. the deserted GM, somebody who we were lucky enough to meet during Jasper's game day, discovered that they were associated with other friends of the show and was kind enough to come and answer more than a fair share of questions about the Lord of the Rings TTRPG. Due to a technical glitch, this thing got out of the normal release hopper, but uh, we wanted to get it out there so that if you wanted to see Chris out and contract his services on Start Playing. You certainly had the opportunity to do so, but also so you could learn a little bit more about a alternate TTRPG system. To catch these kind of interviews when we go live, be sure to follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash GMDLcast when we sit down on Monday nights and occasionally bonus nights like when this interview occurred. And follow us on Twitter at GMDLcast or hop into the Discord link below to tap into the community direct fresh and uncut cool that's about all the voice i have for this week gang a couple of reminders of course give me the loot is not a family friendly show due to a mix of profanity crude humor and gore and as a rebroadcast of our streaming content the audio quality will be a little bit different so there might be a few more bits bobs blurbles and bloobles and of course Always remember to say thank you to our guests who come on the show by supporting their content and checking out any links that we provide to that effect. So anyway, hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special guest quest, a special Friday edition where we, ha we have the smartest people on Friday nights, folks. That's what you got to remember. Uh, my name's Turner. I am uh, the host uh, and only cast member appearing tonight. Uh, for another episode of Guest Quest, brought the uh, tabletop role-playing community interview show brought to you by the Gimme the Loot podcast, the Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that finally remembered how he intros this thing. Uh, joining me tonight is the uh, is Chris, the deserted GM or deserted GM, depending upon uh, your particular flavor at the moment. Uh, he uh, describes himself as a goth in the desert, longtime Middle-earther, eternal GM, uh, and is absolutely a professional game master. Uh, and uh, Chris, welcome. How are you this evening, sir? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, doing all right. Thank you. D deserted or deserted? Which which is that? The the no. I can I, I I can be in the desert and desert. I don't know. Ah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it swinging both ways. So the uh, <laughs> so uh, we've got a couple of things that we want to jump in. One wanted to have the opportunity to have you on. Uh, because uh, I actually met you for the first time during Jasper's game day um, uh, in in a uh, in a match uh, which shall not be named, um, and had a blast playing with you. And then, kind of found out, can't tangentially, you were uh, associated with or friends with or, or knew another friend of the show. And it was like, man, you know, uh -huh. you know, giant universe, small community, I guess, but. Uh, it, it worked out that you guys came on and participated in our level 20 fight night, a, um, a, an experience that was, well, was fun. I don't ever wish to repeat, uh, level oh, 20. Come on. No, look, not you guys, the level 20 part of it. Like that is, um, that is a particular experience that, uh, was very, uh, a Sisyphean, uh, rebooting of battles, 
where <laughs> the heels kept on coming and the time <laughs> Like one of the few uh, guest guest questions that we truly have pushed up to the time limit, um, but in, in in that night you, you'd kind of um, I, we knew you had, were doing some pro jamming, but then also um, talked about you being a a, a uh, Lord of the Ring game master and be really kind of diving into the Lord of the Rings TTRPG. And as I have um, allowed my uh, TTRPG backlog to grow, one of the systems that is on deck for me to somehow find some time to really do a deep dive into is the Lord of the Rings system. And when you were like, Hey, this is my thing. I was like, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity for me to cheat and just have somebody come on and talk about it. So, uh, on that, so, uh, Lord of the Rings, um, you, uh, I guess I don't, I, I don't think we need a synopsis of Lord of the Rings, but maybe, uh, give, give us kind of the bird's eye view of what the setting is for the second edition Lord of the Rings role-playing game. Second edition, the the One Ring. Um, mm. It's it, it's it's partway. It's two third. Well, it's one third through the time between the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. So, okay. um, which is nice. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of room for stuff that you know. There's 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 some stuff that that will be familiar, but there's a lot of room to do stuff that's not totally predetermined. Yeah, and that's that's the interesting thing I think with the. Um, with games that are based on a, a narrative property that has a start and, and finish and a start and finish that um, everybody is familiar with um, unless you couldn't sit through the 12 hour special edition return of the King that had the endings, endings, endings on it um, with does with, with something that is based on that kind of property. Do you ever feel like your hands are tied a little bit from a narrative standpoint? What is, Kind of what is your, um, is that, I mean, one, it's, it's always nice, to, I think, to have a reference point when, when you're coming up with adventures for that. But mm -hmm. do you ever feel like you're, you're kind of bound a little bit by that? Or you, do you, do you uh, invite, <laughs> we'll get to it, Drakeen, hang on. Uh, do you feel like you've got room <laughs> to really kind of work in the space? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, you know, there's, there's some, well, in the end, it's, it, you know, like it's your table. You do what you want. If, if uh, you want to completely rewrite all the books and, and what happens, you can. Um, I tend not to, and I try and stay away even from, you know, the, doing, doing the, the Universal Studios tour, like, oh, look, there's Aragorn. Oh, look, there's, although the One Ring kind of encourages a little bit mm. with something, with some of the characters, um, or at least it's an option. But no, I don't, the nice thing about this, and I think a lot, about, with, with a lot of, um, sort of big and interesting IPs, is this, there's a lot of material, a lot, Maybe with with Middle Earth a little less because it's really only you know, two books and then a whole mm -hmm. bunch of material from earlier. But um, there is so much space in that world that mm -hmm. never gets described, that never gets explored. Yeah, there, there. You know, it is a fairly, despite the timeline of the the, the of the of the Lord of the Rings saga and then the 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 Hobbit, you know, being generational. It is it is a fairly linear uh, narrative from kind of start to finish. Like there, there there's not a uh, and look, I, I respect a, a fantasy author that manages to keep their narrative and is able to to follow a line through. <coughs> Martin, <coughs> um, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I, I got some uh, fire and ice cut in my throat there for a second. But um, do so. I guess the, the question I'm getting at is what is 
what is some of that other space that that is there uh, anything that the uh, I guess the the the, the TTRPG books set up or or kind of opens the gates to that you don't get through the original novels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was I was talking to uh, the players in in a new campaign that's just starting. We just had our session zero, um, and we were talking about so you know what are you what are you open to see for your characters and and what kind of gameplay do you like? Um, I was saying you know when when I first read the Hobbit and then the Lord of the Rings, you've get this this incredibly detailed this one path that that everybody's following and then stuff. Out of the corners of, of these characters' eyes, you see a little bit of the world. And I always thought, oh, man, just turn over there. Just just walk down there. Can I go mm-hmm. explore over there? Um, and so with the one ring, the second edition, just built on the first edition, right, which looks back towards a lot of, I think, prior material that was developed for role-playing games in Middle-earth, even though they can't say. Um, <laughs> there is, they've, they're doing a really good job trying to fill in some of, some of that world um, using references in, in those two major books, in, in you know, the, the, the more popular books, using uh, material that, that Tolkien otherwise wrote for the appendices, the Silmarillion, uh, the, the the stuff that never made it into uh, mm. sort of co- collected tales, at least during his lifetime, right? Um, and 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 some inventive work, you know. This it just doesn't get that fine grained in, in Tolkien's other writings. Yeah, it's um, I, you know that's the thing is I I put and this is you know this is just me not being as familiar with the extended works uh, of Tolkien have the very kind of snapshot view of it being the world of the movies. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm not familiar with the similarity and haven't done any kind of the, the extra, uh, extra legwork to pick it up. Um, Cause I honestly, to be honest with you, I bounced off um, the Hobbit the first time um, and then came back. It, it mm-hmm. took a couple of attempts for me to get through it um, mainly because of Tom Bombadil, but that's a whole other subject. Um, so yeah, I, I know, I know I'm a, I'm a, whole <laughs> other um, I love him. So uh, the uh, the uh, Drakenax because I I can't ignore it or he gets he gets angry. Uh, does the system involve second breakfast? Is there a role for elevensies uh, at some point in the in the game? Uh, I don't think there's a there's a rule, um, but there's absolutely if you don't if you don't do second breakfast, elevensies, mm-hmm. two dinners, and uh, supper. Then what are you even doing? What are you even playing the game for? That's right. So, so let's talk ab- about the mechanics a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Is it a D twenty system? What kind of what, what kind of walk us through the, the basics of the system? No, it's um, it's uh, it's a dice pool system, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun because you can find lots of ways to roll lots and lots of dice. Um, but the basis is uh, always a D twelve for for mm-hmm. anything. That determines a number of things, and then a pool, smaller or larger, of, of d6s, depending on how well the character can do something. It's super skill based. I, all right, so you can probably see this like back back there. So if what you can see of my shelf full of Merp stuff. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna zoom uh, in there. So yeah, there now you I, go. Now, or, now you're now you're in the the highlight. Yeah, okay. All the all the OG gamers will be like, oh. um, that's what I started playing uh, role playing games in Middle Earth with the, the the good old Middle Earth role play uh, put out by Iron Crown Enterprises, and and while it had its uh, 
faults and, and and maybe some of it didn't fit really well. They did an amazing job at world building. Um, even when you chuck out the stuff that they were putting into maybe make it a bit more high fantasy than or high magic than it than it really should be. Or, um, but some like Merb, the One Ring is is very skill based. So everything's a skill. Everything's based on sort of developing your character's abilities in a variety of things. And it's not as combat oriented as as the other game that shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> <laughs> D20. Uh, <laughs> well, look, look, it, it has its roots in wargaming. We understand yeah. that. So yeah. And and it's it's great for for what it is. I love I love playing D and D. The first my first contact with role playing games mm-hmm. was AD and D first edition. Right. Um, and and it was only after I've, and I think by that point I had read the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and then I found out there's actually one of these kinds of games, but more designed for Middle Earth. Um, so the One Ring, uh, I think, takes looks looks to some of that looks to sort of the building your character up out of or the abilities of your character up out of, out of out of a variety of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you work on improving those over time. And then there's a combat system um, that is super lethal or can be very lethal, much more lethal than, than in D and D. Yeah. And so yeah. the focus really is that you, you try and, when when you're trying to successfully roll for your skills, um, you, you're trying to mass some more d6s in there. So, going to dive into that a little bit more. So, be, because look, any system that takes the 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 lonely d12, a dice that uh, a die that used to be, <laughs> it it feels like it's always been kind of a lonely die in in D and D. Like the the, the mm-hmm. d12, such a great die. Uh, but but doesn't get as much use or as much love as it needs to. It does um, not. So how does the so all right so when we when we say it's a skill based system, are there yeah. are there classes or it's like hey it's a little bit more of a free form character creation set set where you okay here's your fifteen here's your fifteen or here's your pool of thirty skills pick which ten you like here's the points you allocate to them or is it nope you're a hobbit here's your skill set that you can pick from. Like so, if we're walking through character creation, what is uh-huh. how do you how do you figure out which skills that you get in that situation? Yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a good point. So it's it's a little bit more simplified, and so it's a bit more streamlined. It's very mm-hmm. much like here here are all the skills you, you you can always roll and try on any skill, even if you don't have any training, and you might you might succeed. But there are six well be professions like they're called mm-hmm. callings what you're called to do in the world um i was just looking through those again working with a with a player on developing their characters and they didn't they don't actually have that much influence on Mm. um your character they do a little bit they basically give you what in 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 dungeons and dragons would be advantage on a few Mm. skill rolls but most of the sort of initial skill uh development comes out of uh, what what the One Ring calls cultures. Ah, the, the word okay. the word race is not a thing in the One Ring, which I dearly love. Yeah. Um, because we're getting away from that, and it's all based on culture. It's all based on um, you know what you're raised to be able to do, mm-hmm. and so each culture then has um, some focus and some skills neglects others, maybe. 
Um, and then you get initial, some, a little bit of initial experience to, to try and buy a few extra skill ranks as you're leveling up. Um, and it's, it's level-less. It's really just a few mm -hmm. more experience points to develop your skills further. Um, that's when you can really decide, so what do I want to be good in? Right. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That actually sounds somewhat similar to, not, uh, well, I take it back. So the, the Star Wars, and I bring this up because I recently played a Star Wars one-shot, uh, <laughs> it is the, the, the fantasy flight game Star Wars system where you pick your class and then you have a very MMO-esque skill tree that you use kind of points to navigate your way through. Mm -hmm. That, But then you also can, you know, you basically can spread out into other skill trees. It just kind of gives you a general starting point. And it sounds a little bit like those callings are closer to a background in D&D, &D, especially with the what direction D&D &D is going with backgrounds and the new subset, than it is a true class, per se. Yeah, they give you a little bit of extra knowledge. Yeah, no, it's it's actually much more like a background in that you get some skills that you're favored in, a little bit of extra knowledge on something. Um, but it doesn't have... The one thing that that I think callings are have a strong influence on this, because it's the... It's Middle Earth, and you're 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 fighting the shadow. There are hope points which allow you to increase your dice pools. Okay, and shadow points that you can take on, um, which sort of start dragging you towards uh, desperation mm. or giving up, or um, and your calling, your your profession um, determines what your particular path, shadow path is. Should you start to uh, get overwhelmed? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that is, um, I, I, again, very, very light side, dark side. So let, let me ask you this because, um, uh, it, in, um, have gotten a little bit of exposure to, um, trials of the apocalypse and specifically, um, I mean, the, um, the adventure zone just did a short little campaign called dust. I don't know if you're an adventure zone guy or not. Um, that, uh, was the, um, was one of the trials by Apocalypse Games. There's a thousand of them, but it was uh, basically it was kind of that similar. You had a not a corruption stat, but let's say let's call it corruption. And mm -hmm. as you basically accrued points in that, and you actually unlocked additional abilities to as you accrued those points. With the tipping point be, hey, if you ever went full corruption, then you now become an NPC under the GM's control. Go roll mm -hmm. a new character. Um, as you go down that shadow path in One Ring. Do, are is are there abilities tied to that, or is it just more like a is it more like a light side dark side force thing that you know it's really just um, uh, uh, potentially reflecting the the corruption path your character can take? It's it's much more uh, dark side. You don't want to go that way. You right. know, you you, okay. you don't you don't get additional abilities. That'll be an interesting thing to to hack. That'll be a really interesting thing to homebrew. I, I think. The game system's trying to discourage going yeah. that way. Well, um, and that was, that was my kind of fault because, like, Lord of the Rings is very heroic narrative oriented. Right. It, is the One Ring kind of the similar situation yeah. where, like, hey, you know, D&D, &D, you can do a rogue-centric campaign um, if you want to uh, be uh, just, uh, you know, complete mercenaries, you certainly can be. Um, but I don't, I just can't envision a, like a Lord of the Rings game where you're like, Hey guys, uh, we're going to play, um, horse thieves. You know, like it just doesn't, doesn't like, you know, those Rohan guys, they got a lot of horses. Let's go ahead to Rohan. Um, that's my one Lord of the Ring reference I can throw out there. That's, that's about all I, uh, all I got, uh, that, that and, uh, Balrogs. Um, the, uh, so it is, it is all generally heroic adventuring, right? 
It is. And in fact, so shadow points, there's a number of ways you can start to accumulate those, you know, things like encountering just, just a, a terrible scene of, of, of carnage or encountering certain kinds of, of adversaries that might uh, give you shadow points, you know, might, might make you fear or despair. But you always get to try and roll to, to not take on as much or not to take on any of the shadow points. Um, the one exception is what's called misdeeds. This, oh. you know, when you decide to do something that's not within that sort of hero ethos that, that you mentioned, like stealing a horse, they can still do it. But as, and the, the, the rule book explicitly says as a, as a lore master, you should really tell your players mm -hmm. if they're about to co commit a misdeed and, and then they can decide. But in that case, they do not get to try and uh, not take on those points they get. Oh, okay. So then that's just an automatic. Interesting. Interesting. Because you've made that decision, right? Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Um, the uh, the so the I guess what is with with the shadow, um, and that was one of the things that always really kind of baffled me. And and keep in mind, I my first my true first exposure to Lord of the Rings was the Rankin Bass. Lord of the Rings animated specials at uh, at at the Montessori school that I went to that were both um, like like wonderful and incredibly terrifying in certain ways. So to weird. They yeah they the the back like just like I and didn't truly understand what they were doing and don't feel like they told a full story. Uh, but the um, but they did have the singing in it. That is one thing that is very. That what surprised me when I went and actually read the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, the 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 amount of uh, music that's in it, the amount of the number of songs. Uh, again, Tom Bombadil, uh, the uh, the dwarves singing in the beginning of the Hobbit. Is that is that does that make its way into the game at all? Is there or is that is that absent from the the TTRPG? Yeah, no, no, I, the the designers of this game even like for first first edition and, and then the re reboot with second edition uh francesco nepitello and th those those guys did an amazing job at capturing through mechanics like the feel the the, the, mm -hmm. the aesthetic the vibe of of those books and of, of the middle earth that described so there's a skill called song oh wow okay cool can be you know you to sing a song well or recognize a song or whatever but it's a social skill basically as well where um you might be able to 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 transmit knowledge or or try and unravel you know find out some more knowledge through a song um there is you can the the, the group as a whole they can start composing songs in their downtime and then if they all sing it together during uh, combat, for example, during battle, they can uh, shake off weariness. So oh, wow. 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 That is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, that is neat. That is, the, and that is, again, very, very reflective of the, the original source content, which is pretty cool. I got to ask, only because yeah. you brought attention to your bookshelf behind you. All right. We're going, we're going second shelf down. And I, my, unfortunately, my camera picture on, on the big screen is what, what are those? Are those Wheel of Time or what book series am I looking at here behind you? Yeah, there's a lot of Wheel of Time on that okay. second shelf, right. uh, right. as well as some Dragonlance. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. The uh, I, I had to ask like that that one those one that set of covers is that weird that one artist that did just a ton of tour uh, cover mm -hmm. art across so mm -hmm. many different series that just the color palette of it is so distinct. I'm like. I am eighty percent sure those are Lord of the, or those are uh, Wheel of Time. I just have to be. I, have yeah. you have you 
played any of the Wheel of Time TTRPG at any point. I have not. Okay. Um, I, I grabbed all of those. And I've been looking at good in Goodwill stores and mm-hmm. grabbing all of those wonderful editions uh, because I, I love that cover art. I just need now, I'm now elite the, the, the Mode Sit Jr. <laughs> series as well. And then all of my shelves will look like that. It'll be amazing. Are you are you familiar? So are you uh, are you a Lord of the Ring, Rings a uh, Jordan fan at all, or have you like uh, not Lord of the Rings? I'm sorry, Wheel of Time fan Wheel at all, time. or is it, yeah? You know, I will admit I've only really read the first, and I, a long time ago I read the mm-hmm. first volume, and sort of like, yeah, okay, this is a Lord of the Rings clone. Um, mm-hmm. I'll move on to other things. Uh, okay. And then, and then I think maybe, oh, maybe it's nostalgia, maybe it's age kicking in, you know, sort of <laughs> the, the role-playing gamers midlife crisis. Remember all those books you used to yeah, have? Well, let's yeah. get them again. So uh, there's, there's Goodwill or two around here. And I don't know, there must be some other fantasy fans around here, but they keep dropping their, their volumes there. Oh yeah, no. Um, I, I did the uh, I did the circuit of half light books for a, a long time and then mm-hmm. had kids and went, oh, all of my stuff has to go away now. Uh, because I have to make room for other people's stuff. So, uh, two, two, two quick questions. Uh, yeah. One of them probably serious. One of them probably less serious. Is mm-hmm. barrel is barrel rider a calling? Mm-hmm. I feel like it should be. Well, <laughs> have you know, and, and 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 fo- more actual real question? Have you ever had your put your players in barrels in one of the games <laughs> that you run? Not yet, but who knows? I'm just starting new campaigns, so I might put that in there as an option. Um, <laughs> Battle Rider is not a calling, although um, Treasure Hunter is, ah, is there you go. calling that, you know, the, the reluctant Bilbo kind of calling. Um, or as uh, Hope of Hope for TTRPG uh, once played, it's like, well collecting personal treasures things that are valuable to yourself it doesn't always have to be money mm-hmm. uh it doesn't always have to be a thief somebody else was asking is there a star wars book no there's no star wars book i think i played a star wars rpg once uh, many eons ago and never got the chance to do it again yeah uh neofet who's actually in our discord now in prepping for uh the give me the belt system um uh is who i played uh, a um a, a star wars one shot and if you are uh Reach out to him. Jay Jay is a, an incredibly nice person. Uh, was gracious enough. Will be has, is a previous guest quest guest, and that will be coming out. Uh, and we recently transitioned to really try to to focus guest quests on different systems and people who are kind of specialists in other systems. Um, and so just going back to the mechanic side of it, because again, that that lonely D twelve is calling me back. So you've got the D twelve. How do the D twelve and then because the, you mentioned the D sixes of the dice pool? How do those two yeah. interact? So how does the D twelve interact with the dice pool of the D sixes? Can we see these? Do, 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 do. Yeah, we can. There we go. There they went. There the D twelve goes. Uh, there you go. Those are the player version of the oh, dice. Oh, very cool. Very cool. There is there's the the lore master version. Oh, so much much more <laughs> much more sinister looking. I you know my 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 little goth heart is very happy about those. Um, <laughs> um, so the goal is always to to meet a certain number. It's called the target number. It's sort of like the DC in in D and D, right? So this number, if you want to manage to to do this skill, here's the number you've got to meet. Although in in the One Ring, it's character based. It's not situation based. The oh, players always know the number they have to meet. Um, and all the skills are under three. There are three attributes, strength, 
Heart and Wits, which is directly mm. out of Lord of the Rings. Um, in quote. Um, and so you always know based on you know how strong a character is, how much heart, how much how, how much inner resources they have, and bravery and things like that, and how wits is sort of intelligence, but also emotional intelligence, social sort of mm. it, it's interesting, it's very broad, but you always know what you need to roll. Uh, you always roll the D12 no matter what uh, your level of skill is in something because um, it can it can yield uh, results from 1 through 10. Mm-hmm. And then it is two special phases. Ah, okay. Uh, and one is the Eye of Sauron. Oh, dear God. Okay. Which ordinarily is just a zero unless you've taken on too much shadow or other things and then bad things might happen. Um, and the other special phase is the G rune for Gandalf. Which is ah. an artist's success. So, even if you have absolutely no training in something, you can always succeed. Uh, you know, one time in twelve. Interesting. Um, and then for for each skill level you have in something, skill rank you have in something, you get to roll an additional d six. And so, out of all of those dice together, you try and meet your your target number, which at the start can be a bit more difficult. But then you get to spend hope points, mm-hmm. add a few additional dice, depending on the situation you can spend to help others. Um, and so you, you try and roll as many dice as possible. So with a, so, you know, with a, with a, uh, a one ring adventure, what is, um, what should, I guess what's kind of your go-to narrative. Um, so with D and D, uh, again, I think, man, the challenge of always, always having it be on the heroic side. Because I mean, look, one mm-hmm. of the nice things about D and D is the flexibility of having your PCs be bastards. No offense, guys. Are they always oh, shoot shit? Some of them are actually here in the chat. Uh, ear earmuffs, <laughs> ear- earmuffs, uh, guys. Uh, <laughs> but um, they, uh, but um, with so you know is it something that you skew towards the um you know obviously not everybody can be traveling to mount doom with frodo right so mm-hmm. what right. what is what would be like a typical uh especially with a shorter one shot or something like that what would be the the without giving too much away because obviously I know, and we're going to talk about the pro dming side of what you do in just a second right, right. without 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 giving away uh giving the product away for free so to speak what what's <laughs> what what's a typical kind of challenge arc that you would put in front of a players in this particular setting you know and i've got to be careful too because at least one of my players Uh (laughs) is in you hi alan Uh um so i can't give anything away from the new of of the new new campaigns but you know i while the focus is on on heroics that's right no spoilers uh, While well, the focus is on heroics or he- heroicism mm-hmm. it, sort of system-wise, I don't think it has to be sort of high heroics and saving the day all the time, at least not in this grand. I mean, especially especially in The Lord of the Rings, but in The Hobbit too, I think a lot of these heroic deeds are actually very small in nature. Mm-hmm. Often it, it comes down to being being nice or helping somebody or, yeah. you know, and, and then, so, so I start small. I, I love, oh my God, I love low level play in D&D too. And yeah. in, in any system, 
um, both as a player, I think it can be really fun, and and as a as a GM, I love it because it makes, for me at least, I think it makes for often more interesting adventure design mm-hmm. because you can throw all of this this harsh stuff at, and you have to be very careful, right? And oh yeah, the, they're so the fragile. Yeah, right, they're, 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 they're little nice. adventure soft spots haven't fully so, formed so, yet, so you have so to be very careful, guys. Um, and so. I think as as uh yeah, I mentioned combat is really dangerous and that it never stops being dangerous um in in the one ring. So you actually have to be careful about what you throw at them. And so I think it it really pushes me to to focus a lot more on on some of the other pillars of, mm-hmm. of gameplay. Um some mystery, some puzzles, some uh and 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 the one ring foregrounds social encounters mm-hmm. as well in fact it sort of has those sort of the standard gameplay you know like oh you're doing stuff you you're rolling skill rolls maybe skill challenges but then there are three things that have a, a specific set or an extra set of rules one is journeying like mm-hmm. traveling is a big part of the one ring and what happens while you're traveling mm-hmm. uh, not surprising right lord of the rings they're constantly on the road <laughs> Very little happens. Well, actually, but but the the stops are have mm-hmm. a huge impact. Yeah, there's punctuating the, the journey. Um, combat, of course, is is one, and then what they call uh, call councils. So meetings with important groups or NPCs where you want to achieve something, you want to get them to do something for you. Um, and so there are a lot of social skills actually in their song, uh, all persuasion. Courtesy riddle is a skill. Oh, that is, I, I love that. I, I love that riddle is in there as a skill. Um, that's really cool, man. And, and, you know, I think uh, the look, looking at your start playing profile, that's one of the things that I think you accentuate is that you focus on kind of the ROLE the, of the role playing uh, a piece of it. Um, before we try, we, before we go over to talk that piece of it, I, I guess the, the one other question I had, and it's because um alan alan hostings are, are either alan has tingsar in which case i'm sorry some penicillin will clean to clear that right up or i'm not even going to try and guess how to say your name correctly alan um, there, there you go A- alan has tingstar it's bad case of the tingstar uh i got the tings y'all um the um the, the the question would be um he mentioned that the wound system is really interesting what is uh, what 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 is he talking? What is the wound system in Lord of the Rings? So that's that's where combat becomes dangerous. Uh, each character has of points like hit points, endurance right. points, which is sort of the concussion side or exhaustion mm. side of combat. Right? You can get dinged with weapons, and if you hit somebody or you get hit at base, each weapon does a certain amount of of endurance damage, and so you can fall unconscious from that. But the really dangerous thing is each weapon uh, or each attack has a certain chance of uh, causing what's called a piercing blow. So a, a hit that goes past your ordinary defenses. And hopefully you're wearing armor at that point because you have to try and make a roll to defend against that. Depending on the weapon, depending on the, the, the adversary you're facing and the attacks they have, that might be some things. Well, the dagger, it's going to be fairly fairly easy as long as you have some armor right something uh, a, a long sword or a, a battle axe or something are they're vicious uh, mm. difficult 
And so you can take on wounds then, which are sort of like critical hits a little bit in Merb, although then you don't you don't have additional tables. Thank goodness. <laughs> you have to roll on. Um, and and some adversaries that it will just one wound will take them out. Um, whereas with, with others, stronger adversaries and, and with the player heroes, they can take player heroes can, can take two wounds, but but then mm-hmm. you are dying. Oh wow! Wow, it is it is that it is that straightforward. So, so interesting. Yeah, that's um, that that very much harkens back to uh, first and second edition D anD D in certain ways because there was when you got hurt there, it was much it, it, you know that that is one of the things that I've seen people criticize Five E about, and I'm like, I get where you're coming from, but having played the other side of that, sometimes it's nice for you to just take a take a nap and come back from from the, the brink of death. <laughs> Whereas uh, back in my day, but like in the first edition, second edition D and D, and we've covered this on on previous DM splittings, like you, it would take you if you didn't have a healing spell or a healing potion, it could take you like a month to heal all the way back up. And it's like, okay, let's mm-hmm. let's re- let's role play physical therapy for for a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I think alternate, and I think this is something that you see. Delta Green definitely has it, um, and I think some of the other some of the other mm-hmm. more narratively focused games. Um, definitely create a broader or have a more consequential combat system and a more consequential health system because they are more socially focused that but by the time it gets to combat things get things are getting real for real huh you think that's a combo is because the the socially focused then maybe combat also needs to be more dangerous i think i think yeah, I, I don't think that's. I, I, I don't. I, I, I am still in the early stages of doing the deep dive on b- a broad system. Ref- um, uh, again, I'm a, I'm a nerd for for the systemic aspect aspect of the stuff, but there does seem to be a little bit of a correlation between the importance put upon um, the social aspect of a game and the severity or the um, the impact of the uh, of the combat system, and uh, you know, uh, and, and even in some um, like dice pool games that I've I've kind of dipped my toe into a little bit, where it's like, hey, in, in order to give yourself that bonus dice, you can take on a harm, or you can take on a what would be the equivalent of a wound to give yourself an extra. Like you are basically spending hit points to give yourself advantages on rolls um, that. Be, that that those hit points become much more precious. Like the like the consequences of your actions have a lot more depth than they do necessarily in D anD D. And I think that I think that's interesting, and I think it creates some very interesting storytelling situations. Um, but it also it's it's just a different type of game. You know what I mean? And and, and not not a worse game or a better game. Just it 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 creates different interactions. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's certainly in 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 the wandering. It it drives you a little bit away from from combat uh, towards other things. And, and at the same time, I think it, it, it makes combat then feel a lot more consequential as well, especially like, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, D20 in our level 20 game hit points. Mm-hmm. Although of course you also cause insane amounts of, of damage. Yeah. It's, it's a, a gradual whittling down of that, of that resource. Whereas in, in the one ring, there are some ways to increase your your endurance, so you can mm-hmm. very incrementally. But there are some ways, and so you can maybe withstand a little bit more of the just getting you know jostled around and a few bruises. That wound me- mechanic, you you you'll never 
uh, I don't want to say never. There might be a few sort of special abilities that allow you to to change something better, but by and large, you'll never be able to to extend that and take on more than that second wound. Yeah, that's. It. I think it's interesting, and again, that's one of the series, one of the systems that are kind of on deck for me to really kind of do a deep dive into. Um, and that is, I think, again, I think it's an interesting uh, approach to to this particular type of game. Um, but then again, I play with the part, the pentagons. So, um, <laughs> you know, we would have made it maybe two and a half episodes, and it'd be like, okay, guys, podcast over. Hey, every. <laughs> Everybody's in convalescence now. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what Start Playing Games is and how mm-hmm. you got involved in it and what uh, and what that's been what that experience has been like for you. So what so, so for the uninitiated, what is startplaying.games? Startplaying.games is a website. It's basically a clearinghouse for um, <clears throat> where, where players can find uh, gems to run games for them or, or, or join existing uh, one-shots and, and campaigns. And it's a great place for, for gems to um, advertise uh, games they want to run. Um, and you can, you can do it for free on the platform other than maybe you, I don't know where you, well, mm-hmm. no, I mean, it's it's still a good place. It's a good it, and it it looks nice. It's it's well run, I think. Um, but you can also then uh, run games for for charge. And and I came to it during early pandemic. Oh wow! So pretty re- so well. Dear God, time is a flat circle. That's been two years, but uh, but fairly recently in the context of our lifespans. Yeah, yeah, no, the the, the pro pro jamming that's that's new. Um, and and I had been that been a little break in my in my jamming and, and playing in general, and so I thought you know during the early days I'm like well sitting at home what do I do how do I meet friends and so I just started a, a home game with friends um, via Zoom and then I'm like well let's look into what what platforms are there out there because I didn't want to do the you know start my own website and then try and and, and find people um, and. Start playing that games. I like it because it it takes uh, care of the the payment side, um, f- and it's nice for me as well as the players. Because then, I think I would find that really uncomfortable doing it directly and individually via you know a payment website. And then, ugh. Um, yeah, it's weird if you slide a tip jar around the table before you get started, and you're like, like, well, and then you take it like, okay, I guess everybody's rolling a DC fifteen or higher tonight. You know what I mean? I can definitely see how. That would yeah. be a challenge, and and then they they advertise games and and GMs. They they do some good outreach, and yeah, I'm I'm liking it as a nice platform to just to to run the the business side of things. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 actually checked it out before. Again, kind of very early pandemic, but instead launched a podcast. Um, I I I, I, I won't <laughs> judge whether or not which of us made the right decision. Uh, you said you definitely seem happier and less, definitely less gray in your beard than me. Um, so, uh, but, but no, it's so, uh, you know, one of the things that, um, that, because I DM, I had always DM'd for good friends. Um, and occasionally they would bring it like a, like a friend would bring a new person to the table. Like there's very, very rarely that I was ever DMing for strangers in a vacuum. Um, mm-hmm. until very recently. And I mean, look, I, I've been doing this for far, far, well, as long as my beard would indicate, let's just put it that way. And 
just recently, I found myself DMing for Flat Out Strangers uh, for the first time. Um, I, I run a Tuesday night group that is uh, professionals in Austin um, that kind of came into through a, a public appearance that I did. And it has been a very, very different experience for me, kind of learning, mm-hmm. uh, learning that. So can you, can you speak? What, what's the, what has that been like? What had you done a lot of DMing for new people in the past? Is this your first experience DMing for strangers? And what has that kind of on-ramp been like for you? No, not not that much, really. I think, I mean, <clears throat> here and there, but but no, this this was really, I think, the first time where it really was just sort of, you know, calling into the void and going, hey, anybody want to play a game that I'm running and pay for it? <laughs> <laughs> the audacity. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> um, I've been very lucky. I've found amazing players, not just you, Alan, but of course, of course, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've had I've had wonderful people just come and play with me um, and 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 uh, find these games. I think it helps. It helped from the start that I uh, am uh, a, a teacher. I, I teach at a community college now. I'm an English faculty there, so I think it it's helped from the start in being having a group of complete strangers and then going, all right, we're going to do something together for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it helps me to know how to run, uh, run the sessions. Not that you have to have that training, but it, it's helped me. Um, and, and so sort of, yeah, manage, manage the group, manage the, the dynamics, help, help good social dynamics develop out. So far, so good. So you, uh, you mentioned uh, you, you had a session zero recently, um, and that may have been before we, we actually went on. So what are, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that's been, um, and I got, I first got exposed to them when I did a charity appearance, but um, I am a huge huge fan of the lines and veils and the um the name of it always escapes me but the kind of the standardized survey now for um the you know here's you know here's red, yellow red green here's what here's what i'm cool with here's what i'm not cool with um uh a uh, uh, kind of check safe safety checklist for for ttrpgs i think that's incredibly valuable i think it is something that ensures that when people come to a table they they know it's going to be a welcoming experience. They know that it's not something that is going to be potentially uh, potentially combative, and, and quite frankly, sh- screw anybody who who uh, who who is uh, uh, who is casting shade. Is that something that is kind of built into your session zero? Or, or, or talk to me. What what are some of the important components of your session zero? No, absolutely. And honestly, shout out to StartPlaying.Games. They require you to list which safety tools you use. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. I've never had the situation where I didn't choose any of them. I don't know whether they would uh, greenlight uh, a campaign because they still, or, or a game, they, they review that. Um, but, but they have, you have to fill in something for, for uh, content warnings. You, mm-hmm. they, they are really good about that. Um, I would never start um certainly not a campaign uh, you know longer stretch of, of you know sessions and games uh without a session zero when when i'm playing with people i don't know yeah uh, 
both be, both because I don't I don't know what each of them is bringing to the to the table, um, what each of the players needs, what each of the players would really not be okay with, and 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 genuinely just what would make them feel not okay if that came up. Um, it's one thing if you're playing with friends, right, or if, if right. some of your friends brings in a new person, but they've been pre pre screened or you know. A little bit, so probably about what they. But but even then, you'd have some kind of conversation, ideally. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, absolutely. Session zero is a total must, both for let's all meet, let's get get to know each other, uh, let's talk about the characters, build characters. But then also the okay. So here are the things that I'm never going to do at in in my games, or sort of veiled uh, that I also don't want to see um from from players and then additional uh you know what are things that that you wouldn't be okay with yeah drekin drekin is uh is also has also got a background in uh education uh is a teacher um and uh he uh he's like that's a very nice way of saying you're used to wrangling dumbasses um, so you, you got you got that that is such that is such teacher speak uh, <laughs> but but no, so uh, I think that's I think that's very interesting uh, uh, that um, the um, that, that that there is a line a correlation between the the kind of skill set that you build on the educator side of things and then as a as a dungeon master I think I think there I think there that does kind of prep you pretty well. What's I guess the question would be what so there you know you 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 kind of slid into it fairly easily. What's been the um, what's been the biggest surprise at it, or what's been, been the biggest positive experience you've gotten out of it um, as, as being a pro DM or, or being DMing for, uh, for strangers? <sighs> On the one hand, heck, I get to, I get to jam all these campaigns. Now I get to write up all these campaigns and actually run them with people. And I have a good justification for it. <laughs> like why I'm taking up so much of my time with this stuff. Uh, <laughs> no, it's another, I was I was saying to to my partner the other day, like, wait, did I just manage to turn my hobby into a second job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stupid. Hey, but, hey, look, I get I get to write off my D and D books as an expense <laughs> for the podcast. Don't think I don't revel in that fact. Every year, as I'm getting screwed on my taxes, I'm like to the guy who I was like, but I can. Uh, I can put Spelljammer on the. He's like, yes, you can put Spelljammer. They're like, all right, at least <laughs> sc- screw you, government. Uh, so th- there, there is a delight to that when you, um, because it is a trick, right? We are taught as in uh, well, uh, we are taught generally in this generation to say, hey, you know, recreational leisurely activities are a are are a. Um, are are luxury, are kind of medallions, and and don't have the same intrinsic value that work does. So when you can marry those two, for me at least, I'm like, ha ha ha! I'm cheating the universe somehow by by monetizing my fun or or turning yeah. my fun into work. Yeah, um, which is sad. That's a sad sentence. No, I'm it's really, incredibly unhealthy. I know. Look, look, I'm from Gen- <laughs> yeah. No, look, I'm from Gen X. It's just it's just the way uh, we are. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, but but there, but look, there, honestly, honestly, and truth, there is a joy to that. Right. Like, like when there is, when you are able to take something that, that is pure fun and is pure play and add another layer of purpose to it, even if it is something as, 
you know, as practical as, hey, you know what? I get reimbursed for my time doing mm-hmm. doing something really fun is that's you know look it, it's okay to put chocolate sauce on the ice cream man it's okay to, <laughs> to put a little extra happiness into it um which is you know which which is really cool uh, but you, you just have to take the positive spin i think well the other thing that's been really fun is just to meet uh, lots of lots of new players and mm-hmm. and it's been it's been really just amazing the people who've come through and who are I'm so stoked for these new campaigns where you get some, and, and maybe it's maybe it's this this game system and that that world that attracts a certain kind of um, you know players with certain kinds of interests. I've had you know the the, the lore hounds who are super mm-hmm. deep into, into their Tolkien lore um, and manage to insert that into their characters' builds as well as of the the role play in really interesting ways. I've I've had um, I think. Maybe again because of the game system, players who are just really into the the social mm-hmm. uh, uh, journey aspects and so the role play of that. Um, it's just been a ton of fun. So uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, Amazon TV show, fan, not <laughs> fan. What, what as as a as the official uh, Lord of the Rings expert uh, uh, that is known by the Game of the Loop podcast, you are our Lord of the Rings official correspondent. What what is your thoughts feedback on the uh, the Rings of Power show? This, this this is tea. Oh dear, oh dear. Because like, here's the thing: as somebody who's not a uh, a a, a uh, LOT scholar, I I was expecting absolute garbage. And I, I'm now keep in mind I'm two and a half episodes in, and I'm like, this is surprisingly compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I know it probably is just taking a big old hot steamer on top of some of the lore and some of the, the like the, 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 uh, it, it, is it taking a ton of license? What is. So I, I, I will, I will say, I think we, we have to talk about, about it. Don't look, look uh, first of all, this is the give me the loop podcast. Haters are more than welcome. If you've ever listened to five minutes of our content, our brand is hating on shit and each other. So by all means, don't feel bad. If you're like, man, this thing, this is where it's, this is where it's terrible. And this is why we're, we're, we're we, this, this is what we're here. We are here for it. We pull up a chair. Uh, let me take a sip of my now empty glass of wine. I, let's see, bring, come on. Uh, unload. No, no. Wait, uh, I, I just, I actually just today uh, watched the last episode. So I'm going to, oh my God, I'm going to so try hard not to spoil anything. Um, I was excited when it came out that they were going to do this. Um, I was still excited. I think when I saw when I watched the Wheel of Time that they put together. I mean, different group, obviously different writers. Did, and didn't care but, for it, but that's just me. So. Well, you yeah. know, and yeah, and I didn't yeah. have that investment in that show. But there were there were elements where I thought, well, if this is an Amazon product, yeah. I think we can like like the the the, the casting right the diverse yeah. casting oh, is the, so loved what they did with the cast absolutely right. loved what they did with the cast loved the production value didn't um uh, and, and uh, not not to get into the wheel of time too much but uh wheel the, the wheel of time was was notoriously notoriously a spielbergian take on epic fantasy in a lot of ways oh. there wasn't a lot of that explicit on-screen violence or anything like that they they it seems like they they tried to Game of Thronesify Wheel of Time a little bit, mm-hmm. and I and I'm not somebody. I, I am somebody who look. I don't care how far you deviate from the source content as long as it it's good and it makes sense. 
some of the deviations they did, it's just like, guys, this is this is just like a narrative complication that doesn't make any sense to me, and uh, yeah. that I find offensive. Like, 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 but, but anyway, yeah. not not to make yeah. it about. So, so Lord of the Rings. This is exact. I think that that's the pull quote for for my view of the Rings mm-hmm. of Power as well. Um, they did amazing on the casting. Love the casting, both in terms of like just how they, you know, diversified Middle Earth, mm-hmm. which oh my god, after Peter Jackson's version of it was desperately necessary. And and we can say this from the start, like well, and, 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 to be fa- and to be fair, Tolkien's version of it too. <laughs> like, well, that's it, fun thing. All this racist hate crying is just all of these people. We need to defend. You know, I'm defending the real talking. Actually, you don't know you're talking as well as you mm. think. Yeah, there are so many things. First of all, gaps that are not described right. in detail. Where um, it's it's absolutely possible to have black dwarves and black elves and Hispanic hobbits and 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 whatever. Um, Look, when when you have and, and and in 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 lore in canon, Tolkien has I think two maybe groups of elves he explicitly describes as very white, like very pale and blonde or white haired. Well, that by implication means that other groups of elves are not that, because otherwise yeah. you wouldn't have to describe and say that group looks like this. By 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 implication, by somebody who is okay to the concept of diversity, yes, <laughs> which which I well, think. Yeah, I think that I think the um, I, I think the problem with the people that 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 try to defend the the less savory aspects of that particular take on Western fantasy right. are are just finding another way to code define like oh hey look I found a new code for my racism um, right. and, and, and so you know what I mean there there's nothing they you know I I love the fact that they've diversified things I I love the fact that they um have have added some additional flavor and some dimension to it yeah. um real quick not to be all fan servicey for our patrons here yes Kirby Nikki the what they did with Perrin's storyline is uh is it just so 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 <laughs> so wrong for so many reasons um and again from a pure narrative construction and the same, and look to the thing for the same thing that they did to Matt's storyline as well. Mm-hmm. Like they, in both instances, it was like, let's add unnecessary drama for the core concept of the character <laughs> to sensationalize what, you know, the, the, you know, you had basically the scoundrel and the reluctant warrior piece of it. And they, they tried to heighten that by abusive drunk dad and loveless marriage that she dies in the first episode. I'm like, I, I was like, what is happening? Like, I, like it was one of those things. Where I was like, I don't um, even recognize recognize this. And, and, and as a whole, it's not terrible. But I like, it was one of those things where it was like, it is so off putting. And this is probably the same experience I would have to think that you're going through on the Lord of the Rings. It's the yeah. extra bits that they have inserted that it's like, man, say say what with the who now. Yeah. No, so so I, and and I think with with the Rings of Power given what they had the license to even yeah. play with, right? Cuz it's it's going to simplify a little bit now that Middle-earth Enterprises was bought up by by somebody who also then owns the uh, uh, licensing yeah, yeah, yeah. a little simpler. But the the material they had access to initially at least is very thin and yeah 
there's not a lot. And so that on, you know, there was also then quite a bit of room for them. I think overall, they've done a pretty good job given the constraints they had having to squish the timeline because mm -hmm. they wanted to have, you know, viewer investment from the start in Elendil and Isildur in human characters in general, because otherwise like, I think the second age is, uh, what is it? Like 6,000 years long. So basically if you, if you didn't squish the timeline, every, every new season, all the human characters would be dead. And you're like, all right, yeah. new, let's start again. Um, but I think I think overall they've been doing a good job, and, and thankfully in the final episode there were there were a number of narrative strands where like oh why are you doing this this looks what mm. it actually turns out pretty smart a lot of it at yeah. the end. Again, um, again, I'm yeah. only two and a half issues in or two and a half episodes in. My only issue with the series so far as a Lord of the Rings neophyte is the. Wait a minute. Your the big reveal is the it's a sea and two mountain ranges like that. That like she's like, oh, it's not a glyph. It's a it's somebody dropped a pin on Google Maps, and I didn't really. I was like, oh, honey, please come on. You yeah, got, yeah, you know, come on. That's, that, that, that's the that, weird thing about it. That <laughs> that the some of the big stuff which initially I was I was watching this. Oh man, especially in episode six, there were some things where like, what? But they actually managed to spin that out in the end and some fun reveals in the last episode. They they do that pretty well. It's these small things where like, oh, who wrote that? This is terrible. Um yeah. So so Drekin, real quick, let's not bring the last Jedi in front of this. The the guest does not need to see me lose my shit on you guys. And unfortunately, that not because I may or may not have alienated a prof a like a a a, a pillar of the TTRPG community when mm -hmm. reaching out to him uh, after he appeared on our show uh, and, and referencing the uh, conversation we had about The Last Jedi and the prequels in his previous appearance on one of our shows when asking him to do, uh, do something for our charity event. Uh, but I have spent some extra time over the last couple of weeks in defense of The Last Jedi, and we can have that conversation in the goddamn Discord, not on the stream. Um, but... Yeah. But um, so yeah, hey guys, we're getting at the we're getting at the one hour mark. It does, other than Dreken trying to start fights with me uh, when, I, when I'm a good like eight, you know ten ounces into a, a bottle of the red. Um, do you guys have any other questions for Chris on um, on the Lord of the Rings side, on the professional GMing side? I mean, start playing. It's as easy as just going in and setting up a profile, right? Do they vet you at all? What is the is there like an application process? What is that? What does that look like? Um, mm, I've forgotten everything already because I did it, you know, in mm -hmm. the, well, in the middle of, I don't think there's vetting in terms of when you first sign up, they, they look at your games, they look at uh, your descriptions okay. as well as, um, you know, things like safety tools, uh, mm. content warnings. They want a certain amount of, of description. Um, so they, yeah, I think they just look for the, the quality of, uh, what, what you're putting on there. So, so here's the, here's the, the, the question. And, and again, not to impugn your potential professional integrity as a, as a, as a dungeon master, but obviously player reviews 14. So yeah. does that, does the fact that this is, 
you know, as you're as you're driving the the uh, fantasy uh, DM Uber to drop the guests off at Mount Doom, does throwing those do you ever flinch at throwing a, a Hobbit and a volcano because they might leave a bad review? Does that does that I I mean, and again, you know, obviously this is this is a side hustle. You know, I mean, that's not not to be glib with it, but you know. That would be one thing that if I was pro DMing would it you know at least be in the back of my mind. And, mm-hmm. and look, man, I, I'm the kind of DM that I want everybody at the table to have a good time. And I, uh, you know, there, I am going to feel guilty if somebody doesn't. But to add the fact that I may literally be judged at the end of it and and publicly judged um, <laughs> may play into some kinks. But but also would be would be uh, would impact what how are how spiky those spikes at the bottom of that pit would it would it does that would that has it ever kind of tickled the back of the brain at all or i don't think so i mean of course i've also never gotten a bad review but oh <laughs> there it is there, there's um, the victory line. <laughs> oh we're gonna read some of them at the end don't you worry we yeah, we're, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, the the nice thing, and I think maybe this is the other thing that's that I like about Star Playing Good Games or being on a platform like that. On the one hand, there is a pretty robust complaint system. I think mm-hmm. if, if there was an issue, both for a GM with a player, you know, problem player in the group, as well as you know, a, a player having trouble with with a GM, there is a there are people you can appeal to. When you get a review, you you get to see it first before it goes live. If there were things in there that you'd say, "Oh, that's that's not uh, that's not accurate," or that's just you know sort of revenge, uh, sour grapes, mm-hmm. uh, there is a way you can you can reach out to start playing games before it goes live. I don't know how they investigate the stuff and what they would do, but um, no, I don't. I'm I'm totally gonna throw. The, the Hobbit in a spiky pit. <laughs> just, just because, you know, look, the games community is never known for being salty. So, I, you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't suspect any of them for ever uh, having an issue. So, um, yeah, that was are all the play uh, sessions on, on Start Playing One Shot. That's a great question for Carl Bay Nikki. Um, uh, Chris might as well have taken a long drag from a cigarette as he said that I've never left a player unsatisfied. True, true, Drieken, true. Uh, so, um, the, uh, uh, so, but, but yeah, and I think Alan actually answered this question, but for, for the future audience listening to the audio, yeah, what, what is ratio of one shots versus long form campaigns? And what is, what does a long form campaign feel like in Lord of the Rings? Says somebody who is in year two of a, podcast <laughs> um so i mean i don't know for start playing dot games as a whole what the ratio between of, of one shots to campaigns yeah, for, for you for you particularly yeah just for, for me you. for me yeah um uh, i think yeah um because uh the question was also so about start playing dot games i mean i think there's a whole big range and there's mm-hmm. there's short mini campaigns there's long things there's there's how to play there's instructional stuff now where you can have workshoppy stuff um for me the past year um i mostly ran one shots to just sort of test the waters i i, I did a whole bunch of dnd i did a whole bunch of adventures in middle earth which is the 5e port of uh, mm-hmm. the first edition of the one ring um they just 
did pre-orders for the the second edition port into 5e which has got a yet another name because it's another publisher what is it lord of the rings role-playing is what it's going to be called uh, okay if rule books i'll probably run some of that at some point as well for all of you folks who love your 5e but want to play it in middle earth um this is the first time that i'm starting full-length campaigns and we'll see how long they last it's going to be i think you know you will we'll start it and we'll see how long it goes and, and how long player interest persists um, i'm excited so, yeah no that that's cool man and that's and i won't dive too far into that because that it's hard to have those conversations without giving away spoilers to <laughs> to what you're planning or what you what what you're doing um, but, uh, well, cool, man. I, I absolutely appreciate you, you coming on and taking the time to, to sit down and talk with us a little bit. Um, I think, um, I think it's an interesting system. I think, um, I, I, I think the, um, the, uh, the pro play aspect of it is fun. And, and on the, as far as the D and D play side of this, we're a delight to play with. We're a delight to have you on, on, on the fight night side of things as well. You guys did a great job. You and the M's, uh, fighting a, a battle, which would not end. Uh, despite despite the hellfire raining down from above and people turning into elementals and it is all the booping and bopping and bipping. Um, and to your credit, um, so, so uh, that that particular brand of rogue um, has uh, uh, is uh, is and the combo that you uh, that, that you brought to the table on it was one that was very very well theory crafted and very well designed to just wallop the heck out of somebody with a uh, with a massive sneak attack um so so credit where credit's due uh when, when going up against rogues man insanity <laughs> <laughs> so well, well cool gang we're gonna wrap it up here not just because my glass is empty but i i think we've we've taken enough of chris's time he's he's been an absolute uh, absolute pleasure to talk to thanks everybody for popping in um it, chris if uh it, availability for uh, are you booked up on on start playing um or can can if somebody uh liked what they heard they could seek you out and and sign up for a game what's what's on the what's on the future for you no um as i said i'm i'm starting three three campaigns one is i think maybe three sessions we're playing fourth session uh sunday but there's still a little bit of room in that one and and uh, no problem to to join that one still and then the other two campaigns, so that one meets every week. The other two campaigns meet every other week, like every every two weeks. We just had our session zero, so there's absolutely still time to jump into those. Um, and there's still a fair amount of room. Um, Friday night, Sunday morning, and Monday nights. So check me out if you want to play in, in Middle Earth and have time for a campaign. Yeah, and guys, highly uh, would would highly recommended. Uh, you know, you you see a lot of stuff about oh, you know, you you would twenty like looking and and uh, not not to not to be tacky to talk about price, but looking at at, at his uh, player profile and start playing games, twenty bucks a session, man, that is cheaper than going to a movie in this day and age, and you're much less likely to get COVID doing it, um, and I guarantee you a much more satisfying experience. <laughs> um, than, a, than a lot of the movies are out there right now you could also and we didn't even get a chance to get into this uh find of meat and marvel of mushrooms meat and marvelous on drive through rpg which is a uh a, and, a, itch. uh and itch.io uh which is a adventure that you wrote for underhill by water 
Is that mm-hmm. a um? What is that a uh, OSR is pretty metal uh, and metal rules, but uh, it's uh, far away from the source material of Tolkien. Anachronistic. Uh, the game is about changing your aunt's escaped ornery goat, growing the biggest terminate. Uh, th- th- man, I wish I'd clicked on this earlier because I-, I am I am drawn to this. I, why, why were we talking about Lord of the Rings? Uh, but <laughs> we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll link all that in the Discord. Uh, if you're listening in the far flung future, check out the show notes below because uh, uh, y- you'll see links to his drive through RP uh, his drive through RPG stuff. You'll see links to his start playing games and whatever campaigns he may be running at that time, um, and probably his Twitter. Uh, Chris, again, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody, thanks for showing up. Hope you all enjoyed the stream. Make it in now. Hit buttons till it stops.